homes are the places we learn, rest, grow, and love, is protection from the outside world. It's our solace and our peace. It's where we create magnificent meals and share them with our families. It's where we fill the walls with inspirational quotes, books that inspire us, mementos from our travels. Our homes tell our stories. And sometimes that story is a haunting one. I'm Vanessa K. Eccles, and this is Fabled. I look down at my license, Carolyn White. That's not me anymore. I edged toward the muddy water, slipped off my heels, threw my wallet as hard as I could, and placed my feet in the lake. The sun hung low on the horizon. Darkness was near. I slowly stepped farther into the vast water until the edge of my dress embraced the wet. I took a deep breath and immersed my body in the warmth of the lake. I let the water take me into it, my legs, chest, head. Before I knew it, I no longer belonged to myself. I belonged to the lake. I sit up and brushed my hair out of my face. My dress clung to me like a glove. I walked out of the water just as the sun faded. As I took one last look back at Carolyn White, a crane swooped down and landed at the dock's edge. Its elegant neck and its graceful demeanor were beautiful. In a moment, it flew away from me, from Carolyn. That's when I knew I was now Vivian Crane. I snuck around to the back door that was facing the lake. My childhood home had changed a lot since I'd last seen it. The wild Georgia woods and kudzu had all but taken over the narrow strip of land. I was instantly haunted by the memories of summer cookouts and Fourth of July fireworks as I crept on the porch. The noise of my heels was making me anxious so I decided to carry them the rest of the way. When I reached the door, I wiggled it a little in hopes that the property manager would have left it unlocked. No such luck. I looked around for a key under dead foliage in ornate pots but found nothing. There has to be a key around here somewhere. Think, think. Just then, I saw a slight shimmer of something above the doorway slightly overhanging the trim. I reached and pulled down the key and locked the door and towed into the house, as if someone else would be there. After a moment of standing on the tiled entryway in silence, I realized it was safe to move carelessly in the house. Almost every piece of furniture was covered with drab white sheets, except for one, my dad's favorite chair. It was in the living room with a small end table next to it. I knelt before his old chair ran my fingers down the wicker arms and outlined the vinyl's fading plaid design. I closed my eyes and saw my dad sitting there nearly 15 years ago, smiling, laughing, and looking at my mother with the most longing, loving eyes. 
Instantly, a streak of pain jolted my heart, and before I knew it, tears flowed from my eyes. I couldn't remember how long it had been since I last opened that yesteryear file in my mind. I would give anything to have my parents back with me, but I can't make any more packs with the devil. That's what got me here. I was afraid to turn on any lights in the house. I knew the neighbors kept a close eye on the place. That would surely get me a visit from the local PD, and God knows I didn't want that. Luckily, the uncovered windows let in enough moonlight to allow me to see my way around. After days of intense travel, I couldn't find my childhood bed fast enough. One of my mom's white cotton nightgowns was in her closet, and I put it on, slinging my wet dress over the bathtub curtain. A pale pink comforter was in the linen closet, and it wasn't long before I lay down and finally felt at peace again. We've all been spending more time at home lately, which has been really good for the home improvement stores, right? We're finally getting around to those projects we always wanted to do. We're planting flowers and painting walls. We're cleaning out closets and organizing drawers. We're getting our houses in order. But why is it that during a global pandemic that we seek to fix our houses? Psychology may have some answers. According to an article by Brian Collinson, Jungian therapy is riddled with home symbolism. As a secure place, our homes are akin to our mother's womb. They are safe places for us to grow, learn, love, and rest. Many of us perpetually seek the home we grew up in, even though it's more of a feeling, a memory, than an actual building. In our dreams, the home is a symbol of our personalities. Depending on how the home appears in our dream, it may reflect the state of our own minds. Our inner house needs tending to, as well. And during times like these, hello COVID-19, we may find ourselves needing to take care of both our inner and outer homes. Beyond the psychology, there are also lots of myths and lore centered around the home. For example, Hestia was one of the three virgin goddesses that included Athena, the goddess of wisdom, and Artemis, the goddess of the hunt. She was also an Olympian deity, which are the principal deities of ancient Greece. Hestia was the older sister of Zeus and Hades. She was the goddess of domesticity and home. She was the goddess of the family structure, even though she'd promised to always remain a virgin. There was a public hearth in every city that would burn continuously in her honor. When new cities were founded, a flame from the older city would be placed in the new one. In essence, the cities were her children. As the goddess of hearth and home, every meal began with an offering to her. Because she was the goddess of the home, people interacted with her every day, and she would welcome them into their homes. 
watch over them, and offer them protection. She is also thought to have helped the Greeks learn how to build their houses. She is regarded as gentle, kind, and mild. And then there were the Lares, sometimes called night watchmen. They were guardian spirits in Roman mythology. They were often depicted in snake or lizard form and dwelled under the hearth. Some believed they were the spirits of their ancestors who passed on. Romans kept altars for them in their homes. Ancient altars for them were even found in the ruins of the city of Pompeii. And in Scottish folklore, you have brownies. They're elf-like creatures. And they're not the cutest ones. They're hairy with spotted brown skin and wear tattered clothing. This house elf does chores for the family while they sleep, but only if they treat him well. Brownies are easily offended, and if they're treated poorly, they will destroy the house or leave it altogether. Another moody household character is the Domovoy from Russian folklore. These creatures are believed to protect the home and its occupants with special favor on the children. If the Domovoy gets angry and leaves, the house would then be unprotected and open to evil. To get back in its favor, it said that the blood of a sacrificed animal would appease it and convince it to carry on its duties to protect. And then we have the Matago from French folklore, which are typically depicted as a cat or a fox. When it's a cat, it's always a black one. But it's not bad luck at all. A Matago brings wealth when it's being treated kindly, but don't cross one. They will cause much misfortune if mistreated. A bogar, better known as the boogeyman, has been the source of children's nightmares for ages. Originating in English folklore, the boogeyman typically has long dark hair and big black eyes. It's tall and thin. It's believed that the term first originated from the men who took dead bodies from the homes during the Black Plague. Now they're hiding in our closets and under our beds. And then we have the Banshee from Irish folklore. A Banshee appears before someone dies. They mourn the person who will die until they pass. Banshees are usually young women or old hags. They are said to have red, swollen eyes, long, flowing hair, and wear long dresses, and they float like ghosts. Even if we aren't lucky enough to have a brownie, domovoy, or matago to help us out, according to almanac.com, there are ways to improve our luck. It's said that we should never walk under a ladder, that that is the devil's territory. And we shouldn't give a knife as a housewarming gift, because it's believed that it would make the neighbor an enemy. And when you first move into a house, Enter with a loaf of bread and a new broom. They say, never bring an old broom into a new house. I wish I'd heard of this before we moved a month ago. It's said that pounding a nail after dark will wake in anger the tree gods. Oops, done that one too. (laughs) Hanging an empty hornet's nest high will also bring good luck. 
But let's say we aren't blessed with a kind, comfortable home. Perhaps some of us are plagued with a haunted house. As humans, when we don't understand something, we tend to vilify it. We create monsters from shadows. Carl Jung wrote about his experience in a haunted house. While he was away at a cottage with a colleague one night, he felt tired, and there came a horrible smell in the room. But later there was the smell of flowers, but that didn't come until morning light. Then he was able to sleep again. The next night, with the windows open, again came the horrendous smell. He recognized the scent as an open wound from a patient in his past. He then heard the noise of a tap dripping, one drop every two seconds. But there was no water anywhere, and it wasn't raining. Finally, sleep came when the sun came up. He couldn't make sense of the noises and the smells. He experienced it again, but now there were even more noises. Every time the lights went off, the air would smell terrible, and the sounds would begin. The sleep wouldn't come, but when the lights were on, everything was normal. Things continued to get worse as the days passed, and now there were bangs from outside. He kept trying to convince himself that there was no one knocking, no storms, and no noises. They had gotten a great deal on the rent, which they were excited about at first, but now he understood why it was so cheap. And one of the housemaids mentioned that the house was haunted and refused to stay there after dark. In the attic, they found a door with a lock. The house girls didn't even know about the door, and they couldn't figure out why it was blocked off. He saw the head of an old woman, and one of her eyes stared at him. He moved into another room and finally was able to sleep. He was convinced the house was haunted. Later, his host experienced the same things, and his host finally left the home. Carl also learned that the house had been torn down later because its owner couldn't keep it rented. The paranormal is difficult to explain, and like we discussed earlier, we aren't usually comfortable with things we don't understand. But between you and me, I'm a believer in actual ghosts. But the most terrifying monsters walk our streets. The idea of home has really been on my mind a lot lately. We recently moved, and there's a sadness for the chapter that's now finished and changing homes. There are memories that emotionally we feel like are lost just by leaving that place. But by moving, we're opening a new chapter, and hope and possibility are floating around. It's a surge of emotions to change place to redesign and structure your story going forward. The original title of this episode was Your Home, Your Story, because that is what our home provides. It's the hardback cover and spine that protects and lifts what's within. Nearly every story, and all the good ones, involve some sort of hero's journey. A protagonist leaves the safety and comfort of his home and sets out on a journey. Returning home is usually a goal throughout, but what he learns 
after he's faced the dragons and monsters of his world, is that there is no returning home. Home is never the way it was. And that's because he is not the way he was before. He's changed, and in that change, home has taken on a new meaning. There's a sense of completion, but also sadness there. The protagonist has made it, but he knows that his youth's blissful ignorance will forever be gone. And the truth is often a heavy weight to carry. But it's inside the walls of our homes that our tales are told. Our journey is written on the walls through photos, quotes, books, and mementos. We are comforted by dwelling within our story. And even though most of us crave adventures outside, it's our homes that give us deep connection and often peace. Ghosts, elves, boogeyman, and all. There's truly no place like home. Yet home will never be what it was. Fabled is produced by me, Vanessa K. Eccles, with research assistance by Whitney Zahar, and music by Kevin McLeod and Epidemic Sound. Fabled is an independent podcast that relies on listener support. If you'd like to become a patron, please visit fablecollective.com. Also, please say hi on social media at Fable Collective. As always, thank you for listening.